0: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on k Race, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Cass Taylor.
1: Well, hello, my friends. I tell you what, this is one of the most remarkable shows you're ever going to hear because I'm not only talking to you from San Diego, California, but we'll be talking to you from Israel, a place in the Golan, Golan Heights area, with a, a, a Jewish brother and friend from several years. His name is Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz with Israel 365 News. Adam, how you doing? Thank God. (laughs) Thank <laughs> God, indeed. You know, Could be w- better. Uh, w- w- you and I have become friends over the years, and I just came back from Israel at the end of June 2022. And so many of the things that we're going to talk about are things that were burgeoning upon my time there, my 10 days there. But one of the things, Adam, w- we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the state of affairs, we're going to talk about um, what's going on at Temple Mount, we're going to talk about replacement theology, and we're going to talk about a new book from YOU. Are you game for those things?
2: Mm-hmm. I am so game for it, you have no idea.
1: <laughs> well, you know, in Scripture, the Bible talks about, uh, in Joel and places like that, it talks about blowing the, the trumpet of the shofar in Zion and sounding an alarm. My listening friend, one of the things that we do in um, on this show, particularly if the information is going to be uh, of international value or it's deep, deep uh, biblical or... Uh, um, like the seven mountains of God and things like that, I blow the shofar at the beginning to say, pay close attention. Now, Adam, what I'm going to do is to start this show, I'm going to blow the shofar, and then we are going to begin. Are you game? I think you've heard the shofar a few times. In fact, the front of your book has a shofar blaster on it, doesn't it?
2: It does indeed. And that's me blowing the shofar. Is that you? I didn't even know what a shofar was. <laughs>
1: okay. okay, my listening friend. Here we go. I'm going to blow the shofar. And the, the shofar basically is to say, pay attention to what you're about to hear. It has significance, as does this show. My listening friend, here we go. <laughs> I caramba, chihuahua. There you go. That, that should awaken
2: yeah, awaken people. People also they, they don't they don't. It's like it. Not only does hearing the shofar blow uh, wake you up, but anyone who's ever blown the shofar knows it's a visceral experience. Oh, oh, oh yes. Like,
1: I don't even know what visceral is, but I agree. <laughs>
2: yeah, it takes your whole body. Like when you blown the shofar, you know you've blown the shofar. It's yes, not yes, like yes. It's been, It's a real experience.
1: It is indeed. So listen, my listening friend, here's the deal. You're going to hear some things on this show because we have Jew and Gentile literally coming together here. And this man uh, has some rabbinical rabbinical background as well. So I'm going to call on him to go deep fast and if you're willing to do that my listening friend you're going to be amazed uh adam what i thought we would do in the first two segments i, I thought you and i would go into some of the newsworthy <laughs> events that are going on in israel right now and then the following two events we're talking about temple mount things are going on there we know and there's an issue called replacement theology many of our listeners don't even know what that is but they may embrace it and not even know it we're going to talk about that in mm-hmm. the last two segments we're so going to... misunderstood. You're it, totally it is right. it is and then the last couple of segments, we're going to introduce you and your brand new book called The Master of Return and the Eleventh Light. <laughs> we love it. There so, you go. So, are you ready to just jump right on in? And, and, and Adam says,
2: Let's jump in. Let's jump on in. Newsworthy. I want to point out, before we jump in, I want to point out that whenever I learn, um, uh, especially you saw this in in the book of Shmuel, the book of Samuel. Um, the Bible is actually like reading the newspaper, um, but with really good commentary you know from a really good perspective but it 's very important to be involved in in uh, in current events because that 's God moving the world forward
1: absolutely one of the things I love about you and your and, and the the uh, publication that you do uh, israel three hundred and sixty five news is you begin stories with a Uh, with a headline that is tied to Scripture. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is so Mm -hmm. fantastic because, you know, in the book of, I believe, Ecclesiastes, it says, that which was, is, and that which is shall be because there's nothing new under the sun. So you pick up the things that have gone, gone to pass, that are coming to pass, that will come to pass. And I go, I love this man. I think that was one of the reasons I originally got in contact with you. So, current events, I just got back from there. And, you know, when I was there with you, one of the major things happened in the government. What was that, Adam? <laughs> what government?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, <the> Israel- <laughs> we're going to the elections again, which is not a bad thing, because every time we, ha- we get the vote, is that what you're referring to? Yes, of course. Every, ta- every time we get the bo- vote, everyone gets a day off. <laughs> <laughs> so, not I'm you,
1: but not you. I know I- you writing three or four or more stories every day
2: yeah but, okay, but <laughs> it, it, that's another thing i i I'm amazed that um Israel, we basically haven't had an effective, strong government in years in several years, and things are just cruising along because on the one side if if you've got people who who are on some level attached to Hashem to attach to God, um he's the real king. yes, you know that's that's the ideal. So yeah, we're going to the elections again. Who who cares? Well,
1: yeah, but you're looking at uh, the written scripture. You're looking at Torah and, and and you know Pentateuch and things like that. You're looking at that and the other books of the Bible, the Law and the Prophets and the Psalms. You're looking at those things and you're extrapolating things that are going on uh, now that went on then that you can use as your platform to introduce your story. So uh, I I think you're you're seeing sure. things you're seeing things that are happening not only every day but maybe even every hour that uh, could be stories. <laughs> so so what yeah, else is going? on? Go ahead.
2: And also you 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 meet the people. Yes. And and we have this tendency, unfortunately, to think that you know everyone's the same. And another thing that the that the Bible teaches us is a man is you know a man is in the image of God. A man is is a powerful thing. So the people you read about in the news, who they are and their character is hugely important. Everyone can play a unique role in God's plan. Yes. And that's, that's why it's important to see who's doing what in the news. And usually, you know, if you see a person and you understand who they are, you know, what, <clears throat> you know what's going to happen.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Well, my listening friend, you need to know this, that uh, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz is not only a journalist with the Israel 365 News, but he is a... Uh, when i say unapologetic that has negative connotations and i don't mean it to be that way but you are a jew you are a oh, jew yeah. at this you know
2: whether i, whether I like it or not <laughs> that's what
1: i am and you're a, you're, you're, you're you're a, you're a serious jew you have r- rabbinical training and i'm a christian and is it possible that a jew and gentile can come together i think when adam and i first met a, a couple years ago, um, uh, that struck me. Uh, And a lot of the things that he thought I was going to say, I didn't because I don't have the same perspective (laughs) that a lot of other people do. Because just like Adam, I'm a truth seeker. And uh, wherever the truth takes me, I, I... receive it i weigh it and uh i pray it against scripture and i go valid or invalid and i move from there and A- adam does that as well so well, I, well,
2: you're, you're touching on something that's news unto itself that we kind of overlook which is up until i don't know 20 years ago um the evangelicals were not the best friends of the jews um oh that's right maybe, maybe i'm maybe going back further um, and not only is it possible for us to come together in the in the end of days, I think it's absolutely necessary. I think it's a prerequisite. Um, I think if we're not together, it's, it's a house of prayer for all nations. That's right. And I think and and that's the way Shlomo, uh, Solomon um, dedicated the temple that that foreigners should come to pray in Jerusalem. Yes. So if we can't, if so, we we have a a joint interest in making. Jerusalem the center of our prayers the center of you know and 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 the 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 place for the pilgrimage for all nations and that's really what i mean it's funny how much people um, object to the jews being in jerusalem <laughs> yes well, and that I think shows because they don't want that to happen. We will certainly have to come together in the end of days. The, the that we are coming together is the biggest proof for me that we are in the end of days.
1: Yes, but w- um, let me let me let me reconcile what you said. Coming together is important, but it's not me bringing false doctrine into. What I believe the the Torah says is, is the Torah that we are embracing God's written word and His uh, spoken word that we're embracing. And if we don't align with that, you know, there, there's some adjustments that need to be made. Agreed?
2: Sure, but Kaz, I've known you a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, every 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 breath you take is is Torah. Oh, thank you. You know, uh, you're, you're not you're not a, you're not a, you're not a Jew, and you clearly God didn't intend for you to be a Jew but that's my job my job is to be uh, your your priest when when the third temple comes around um, my 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 good friend Kaz is going to stop by and say, you know, Eliyahu, I'm going to be I'm going to be in Jerusalem. Could you do me a favor? You see this, oh. this code? You...
1: <laughs> uh, that is one of the things we're going to talk about later on in the show because my listening friend, okay. you need to get an understanding of what's going on here. It's Jew and Gentile coming together like never before, and the signs oh, sure. of the times are that my listening friend, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz with Israel 365. News and I are going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit more oh, about current events, and then we're going to delve into some other things, including the temple and what's going on there and replacement theology and his brand-new book as well. So Adam Eliyahu and Kaz will be
0: right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Thank you very much, my friends. Oh, man, oh, man. One of the
1: most anticipated shows I've ever done right here because it's with one of my most anticipated friends in Israel with whom I met uh, a few weeks ago. This broadcast right now is pre-recorded and it is the actual date is July 26th 2022 and we're going to be broadcasting this at a future date but not too future but it's important for you to know that this specific date is the date that we're pre-broadcasting the show. July 26th 2022 because this may come into play as we talk a little bit further down in this conversation. Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, a remarkable journalist, a journalist who is interested in pursuing the truth, the whole truth. And nothing but the truth, so help him God. And he and I travel along those very same lines. So, Adam, it's a, it's a time for you to share a little bit more about what's going on in the world. But also, we're talking about Middle East area. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on. The There's a government reforming in Israel. And, you know, I look at Israel and I say, you know, a lot of people see Israel as the uh, the little Satan and the United States is the big Satan. But I see uh, what I, what I see is what is going on in Israel shows itself in many ways in the United States as well. You're going through a new government issue uh, element, and we're going through. How do I posture this? A, a new a, a new a new government issue right now. So so I'm interested to see what goes on there because what goes on there sometimes and quite often goes on here as well. So take that. Oh, it Adam. absolutely does. I've seen so
2: many things like we had problems on our southern border and then all of a sudden America had problems on their southern border. Oh my we had suicide bombers and the suicide bombers went to America. It's it's really a lot of things start here. People people made up history about the Palestinians and that's what they're doing in America now. Oh my um Yeah.
1: Yeah, made so up, made up history. That. That's a whole subject in and of itself, and uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, you have different, different people. And when I was in the city of David, walking around the city of David, you know, the the place that many people believe is the the, the foundation of the uh, palace of King David, they're calling it the 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 old stone structure. I mean, uh, please, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people are, are redefining things that are comfortable for them, and that's happening in America as well. So, uh, what else yeah. would you think is newsworthy yeah. really that's going on right now, Adam Eliyahu Brickwich? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know, there's, sometimes the really important things are happening off to the side, or <clears throat> we're waiting for it. I think actually one of the biggest things um, that's going to happen—it hasn't happened yet—is the reconciliation between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Oh my! And the reason why I think that's important, let me th- let me tell you, the the, the, the Bible when it talks about. Isaac and Ishmael burying their father Abraham. Um, There's a verse where where it says that that Isaac went in first, and Rashi, the commentary on the Bible, he said that is Ishmael repenting, doing tshuva. He's repenting. He's because he's allowing the younger brother to go in first when really it's his right as the older brother to go in first. And Rashi says that is repentance it's the reconciliation between isaac and ishmael which will happen in the end of days and that will be the the precursor to the end of days is the reconciliation between um between isaac and ishmael and that will be the reconciliation between israel and saudi arabia not between israel and the palestinians the palestinians are not real arabs they're so inbred and Every every nation that's passed through Israel has left its mark, and yes. the Palestinians are not really Arabs anymore. Um, Saudi Arabia is Ishmael. Um, and so I think one of the greatest things that, um, that Donald Trump did, and the one that I really don't think anyone can touch, Biden is trying—I I was told that Biden had instructed his State Department— not to use the term Abraham Accords. Oh, my. Because it's... Because yeah, it has t- th- Trump overtones. <laughs> because, yeah, because it's just, I mean, you know, we used to joke, you know, oh, my gosh, he's an amazing politician. He'll bring peace to the Middle East. Well, Donald Trump really did. Yes. You know, he really did bring peace. And, and not only is it peace, but it's it's the reconciliation between Isaac and Ishmael. Oh, my. And that is huge. That is huge. And, and that... Um it's actually was a was a, you know not everyone who does bad to you actually 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 does bad to you sometimes they do good. Obama meant to do bad to Israel by um by this whole Iran thing. You know, bring it on. You know, let Iran be as bad as they want to. Um they're not Ishmael either. They're they're not Arabs. They're Persian.
0: Oh, well, yes, um,
2: yes. So So this reconciliation between Saudi Arabia and Israel is coming closer and closer. And they were very careful, interestingly enough, that when Biden went to Saudi Arabia, they really totally Disrespected. Him. Yes.
1: Well, he um, they didn't. I, there was a meeting that was a more of a global meeting, and they didn't they say, uh-huh. "Yeah, you, you can come to that, and we'll be there."
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Biden actually changed his schedule in order to go to that meeting because they wouldn't meet him just on his own.
1: And the the optics of him not being able to meet period wouldn't have been very good, so he had to get into an environment exactly. where he at least have them in the environment. <laughs> That's exactly. very interesting. Yeah.
2: You know, and so he was totally sidelined, and that, and but meanwhile, that was also the the same day was when Saudi Arabia said that Israelis could come and visit, and Israeli planes can fly over. Oh yes, um, is Isra- So we're 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 headed there. We're headed there. It's close.
1: Well, I, I appreciate Saudi Arabia the relationship which uh, number forty five had with Saudi Arabia, um, and, and I, I mean they embraced him as a well. I mean they handed over. Uh, what, what was it? The there was a, a staff or something like that. That was a sword. What, 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 what?
2: I, I, oh, right, 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 right. They gave him a sword, but but it wasn't a sword. Because,
1: it was the sword.
2: <laughs> also, what did what did he do? How did the Abraham cords come about? Um, I was just at the uh, at the CPAC with Ben Shapiro and Jason Greenblatt was there and. Trump sent over a, a delegation of Orthodox Jews, yes. Orthodox Jews. And you know something? The Arabs, the the, 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 the more devout they are as Muslims, the, the less they respect secular people. Oh, if wow. you want to deal with them, you have to be religious. If they see an, a, a, an Israeli de- uh, di- diplomat eating not kosher food, they don't respect it. Mm-hmm. So, Donald Trump knew that. He understood that. He sent over a delegation of Orthodox Jews, and they're like, hmm, we can deal with these guys. No pork it. here. No pork at all. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: Oh my! Uh, A lot of other stuff is going on in in Israel right now. But when you mentioned, uh, you know, Isaac and Ishmael, you know, I'm a patterns guy. When I see things going on, I go, "What is the the pattern? What is the blueprint? What is the simile, the metaphor, the analogy on that?" And I try to overlay that on other things that are going on. And oftentimes, God shows this theme throughout. When you talk about Isaac and Ishmael, we're also talking similarly about uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. I mean, the the younger became. You know, became <clears throat> the more predominant in many areas. As you know, Jacob switched his hands when he was blessing them, and so uh, I'm I'm seeing this kind of a theme working out in many many ways in the Middle East, but also. Uh, in America, I, I think my personal persuasion is Ephraim and the, the people of America have very many similarities, and the people of Manasseh and the people of Great Britain have very many similarities. And when I look in Scripture, uh, in the book of Jan- Daniel, it talks about you know this this beast that was that was a lion and with eagle's wings, and the eagle's wings were wrenched from it, and uh, that that stood as a man with a man's heart. And uh, I think the eagle's wings are illustrative of the United States in these final days being wrenched from the lion, which would be representative of of England. And here you have these two nations that are going to play a big role in these days. What do you think, Adam?
2: Well, uh, I think absolutely, Ephraim and Menashe, as we say it, um, there's got to be a, I don't know if it's, if it's a, I think it's a sign of the, of, of of people who are um, drawn to, to Torah. Um, and by that, I mean, when, when we bless our children, on uh, our sons, on, on Friday night at the Shabbos table, um, we bless our sons to be like Ephraim and Menashe. Why? Because they were the first brothers in the Torah who didn't fight. They ah, got along. Yes, and, and the concept of brotherhood, um, which is really the basis of America, um, the United States, that it would be really, America was based on brotherhood, um, brotherhood of ideology, um, and uh, e pluribus unum, one for many, meaning that we're all different and we can come together. And I think that if you look at someone and they can't tolerate plurality, I mean real plurality, they can't tolerate someone having different opinions or being different than them, then that person is clearly not part of the picture. Oh my. Whereas... Whereas, like I see, like evangelicals, they are ev- evangelicals who still, still hate Jews. Um, and then they are evangel, and and their evangelicals who are like they're Jewish. They're very different than us. Hey, great, you know, Amen, bring it on. Yes. And 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 that's a sign of brotherhood, and that's a prime emunah. Oh my.
1: I love that, and we're going to be dealing with that in a couple segments from now. My listening friend, we're getting close to a time where we have to make a transition into a commercial break, but the first two segments have been devoted to things that are going on in the earth right now, and Adam Elio Berkowitz with Israel 365 News has shared some of those insights. The next couple segments we're going to talk about a, let's just say it could be incendiary, this topic. It deals with the Temple Mount, the who, why, what, where, when, and how going on in and around the Temple Mount right now, more and more, especially with the uh, discovery of red heifers, we'll talk maybe about that a little bit as well uh, in this next couple segments. But my listening friend, you understand what's going on right now. This is biblical. This is prophetical. This is N-O-W now, and we need to be aware of what's going on. That's why I brought on with me Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz Israel three sixty five news. We're going to talk more about that and the Temple Mount and everything connected with that when we come. Rat right aback.
0: More come together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K praise. Come together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K praise.
1: Oh my 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 friends! Uh, amazing times on Come Together San Diego. What we try to do on. Come Together San Diego is encourage people in San Diego to guess what? Yes, come together San Diego. By the way, I have a website. It's called that you can access me and write to me. It's called come together San Diego at kprz.com. But that's a whole heart cry that Adam Eliyahu, who is my uh, guest for the, this entire two hours uh, has in his heart as well is as coming together, but you have to have common denominators to, to come together, at least be able to see the other person from their point of view, and then uh, let the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob The spirit of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knit us together and eliminate the things that are not of him. And all of a sudden we come up with this heart cry for unity like never before. Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, we're going to talk a little bit in this couple segments about the Temple Mount. I was there in, in the end of June of 2022, and part of my job was to introduce you and some of the Israel 365 News people to some people that are dealing closely and intimately with the, the Temple Mount and the things that are tied to it, including uh, a topic known as Red Heifer. And I don't know where you want to go with, with all this stuff, but where would you like to begin with our discussions regarding Temple Mount? It's always an incendiary topic unless you deal with it heartfully. Go ahead, Adam.
2: Okay, first of all, the um, according to Jewish law, we don't necessarily need to be ritually pure um, to go up to the Temple Mount and do the the, uh, Temple service. We don't even need a temple. We actually just need an altar, which can be put together in moments. Um, We just carry the stones up and put them together. Um, And then we can start doing the public sacrifices. We can't do the... The individual sacrifices, yes. sacrifices for the individuals. Um, and Jews are not allowed to do sacrifices anywhere except on the Temple Mount. Uh-huh. But um, we could, in theory, start the Temple Mount service within four hours. Everything is in place. Um, Say they, that they,
1: again! That, what ahead. a remarkable statement! You can start a Temple yeah, Mount service that. within four hours because of all the elements that are handy, and you just go like a, going to I- IKEA and, and assembling A and to, B. To, we
2: wouldn't have to. <laughs> we wouldn't have to touch the touch the uh, Muslim structures. We just have a bunch of guys go up with the rocks in their hands, put the rocks down. We've got an altar, and the Kohanim, we already have um, the 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 their the clothes, the te- the vessels. Everything is ready.
1: And they're trained also. They're trained, aren't they? And they're
2: trained. Yeah. And they're trained. We've been been training them for years. Um, And there's even uh, one rabbi who's designated that he is the expert that if we start. And and like when you were in Jerusalem, I went to a, a demonstration where they actually made in front of my eyes, three feet from my face, they made the crimson thread. They they've recreated the 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 dye. Um, we've recreated the the, t'chelet, the, the 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 blue dye. We know how to do everything. Um, it's really just a matter of hours for us to start. Oh my! Um, the only thing stopping us is the Israeli government. Sure. Um, they won't let us. Um, but we, we could start we could start immediately. Actually, the I, the second temple they started the temple service. Um we, before they built the temple, um and then they delayed in in building the temple oh my but they they started the temple service as soon as they got back
1: well, Adam, you know one of the things we 're going to talk about in in the future segments is how this plays into the Christian point of view, and uh you know there are a lot of people in that are that are um, of, of Christian proclamation that would have trouble with uh temple. Sacrifices and that level of worship we 're going to talk about that in a segment in the future, but one of the things that uh, you are excited about is the introduction of uh, the red heifer there 's in the United States, there have been some people who are friends of mine who have actually helped
2: <laughs> d- discover those and but it goes um, it, um, go ahead what 's fantastic is, according to the Talmud, um, even in the days of the Talmud the uh, the Red Heifer, there's a story of, of, a, of a non-Jew who um, provided the Red Heifer. It's a story about he his, the key to the Red Heifer, was where it was being kept, was under his father's pillow, and his father was asleep, so he didn't wake up his father, and the Red Heifer was worth a ton of money. Um, but he, he respected his father so much that he was ready to forfeit um, the money, rather than wake up his father. Oh but that was. But we got we got that red heifer from the non-Jews. That's the story in the Talmud that we have. Oh my. Um, also, we have a we have a tradition that um, there were nine red heifers until the destruction of the the Second Temple. Um, there were nine red heifers
1: from Moses he, until that time frame. There were only nine red heifers.
2: Right. They actually did a study. A professor, Professor Amar. He did a study. I wrote an article on it. I don't know the exact figures, but he precisely recreated the red heifer, but with a non-red heifer, with a regular heifer that was two years old. Oh, my. And you only need the tiniest amount of ashes in the huge barrel, and you can put a lot of wood on the fire to burn the red heifer. So he he did a... He did a, uh, a, 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 a cheshbon. How do you say cheshbon? <laughs> there you go. I, I can't speak English anymore. He did a formula. <laughs> figured out. Figured out how much. Uh, how many people um, one red heifer could purify, and it was way more than the current generation. Oh my! Millions oh, oh of Oh my, my my. So so <laughs> we have a tradition that the tenth red heifer will come in order to purify the nation. For, for the redemption, for the final redemption.
1: Yes, and, and my so, understanding is the rabbinical people and others, so when this 10th uh, uh, red heifer is discovered, that is a signpost of the coming of, and let me phrase this properly, uh, Messiah, son of David. And, uh, you know, Jews and Gentiles, Christians and Jews believe that as well. We have to deal with our definitions a little bit. But but in Numbers 19, isn't that the place where uh, Moses uh, is directed uh, regarding the red heifer? Would you give a very brief rabbinical overview of the the red heifer and its value? And then maybe, I don't know whether in this segment or maybe the next, maybe we'll uh, dovetail that with... uh, uh, other things from a Christian perspective, Numbers nineteen, Adam Eliyahu, Berkowitz. We only have a few moments, like four minutes left in this um, segment, and then we will go into the well, next segment. Uh,
2: actually, it, it's almost like I'd rather I'd rather um, um, focus on what the red heifer isn't. Okay, um, and by that by that I mean um, the red heifer purifies from a person who has been close to and proximity. in in a tent with or under the same roof as a dead body, which is the highest level of ritual impurity. Um, And if you're ritually impure, you can't go up to the temple, you can't bring sacrifices, you can't handle anything that's holy like the first fruits that are on your tree. Um, So we need the red heifer in order to do those things. However, so that's what it's necessary for, to purify the people for that, um, and then it includes going to the mikvah, uh, to the ritual bath, um, what we don't need it for is we do not need it for the public time-bound sacrifices. Any sacrifice that is brought for the public and is has a specific time to bring it, you do not, you can bring that even if everyone's impure. Um, and, even the, and that includes um, the twice-daily yes. sacrifice.
1: But it does not. Also, but, it, but it does not include the holiest of all sacrifices, which have to go into the uh, the holy, the holy of holies. I mean, that that's a different story, isn't it?
2: True, but it also um, you you can even bring if the most of the nation is ritually impure. We can bring the Passover offering in impurity. So. We, we As we stand this moment, even lacking the red heifer, um, we can start the temple service, bringing the daily offering, bringing the Passover offering. And the Passover offering, if you don't bring it, it's current. It's uh, being cut off from the nation. It's the worst punishment possible. So it's really important that we actually take the initiative, start moving forward. Um, and as a segue, we're going to be talking about the Temple Mount, That's, or we're talking about the Temple Mount. Um, the only way that's ever going to happen is if most of the nation starts going up to the Temple Mount and expresses interest. And that, as you saw, is beginning to happen more and more. Every, every month we're setting new records for how many Jews go up to the Temple Mount. And it's crazy that it's the actual average person, the average Jew, Who's doing that? The, 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 there are major rabbis who are saying, "Oh no, don't!" And their followers are saying, "No, I'm not listening to you. I'm going up." Oh um, this is a, a national awakening. Um, what we call what we call hitirut an awakening from below. So. People who are like saying, Oh, who am I? I'm a simple whatever. No, you're the one who's going to wake up the big guys.
1: Oh, my. And when you say, and, that, s- and that's what's happening. What you're saying is an awakening from below, you're talking about grassroots awakening, not from the top down, but oh, from absolutely. the bottom up. You know, yep. we've got another segment to talk about this. We're talking with Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. We're talking with him from Israel. You're, are you hanging out in the Golan Heights area right now? A home,
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in the,
1: the, the northern part of Israel. Uh, you know, Israel's a big nation, but he sees things from a remarkable point of view. And we're going to talk more about these, this uh, Temple Mount uh, yesterday, today, and forever, what that means to us as uh, Christian believers and what that means to the Jewish uh, believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're just uh, touching the, the surface on this. We're going to dig more deeply in the next segment what Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz of Israel, 365 News and me, Kaz, with Come Together San Diego, when we come right back.
0: More. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise with Kaz Taylor.
1: And yes, indeed, I have returned with my. Good and growing friend, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. I'm in San Diego, California, and he is in a place called Israel, in the northern part of Israel called Golan, uh, which ha- has the uh, the Sea of Galilee, also known as Tiberias, up there. That's you, You're in one of the most beautiful parts of Israel I think I've ever seen, Adam. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, oh the- yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. So, so let's <laughs> yeah. continue our conversation here in this segment. We have about nine or, or so more minutes in this segment. And the topic is Temple Mount. And that can be a topic that unifies or separates. And in the past has been a topic that separates. How do you think the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to cause this to be a place that joins together, Adam? Big question, well, isn't
2: first it? Of all, <laughs> first of all, the only coming together can be in truth. There and you go. people have to understand the truth of the Temple Mount. First of all, most, most Palestinians, when they talk about the Temple Mount, they talk about Al-Aqsa.
0: Yes, and all, it's I'll a very long
2: story, but, but Al-Aqsa is not in Israel. It's it's what Dr. Mordechai Kedar, if you can find any of his videos, he explains it beautifully, the whole history. It's the the first case of fake news. The real Al-Aqsa, Al-Aqsa means the further further mosque, Al-Aqsa mosque, is actually in Al-Jurana in Saudi Arabia. It's outside of Mecca. Um, And and by saying Al-Aqsa mosque is on the Temple Mount, it's a huge insult to Sunni Muslims. Okay, yeah, and most—I I don't know any Palestinian. If you show them a picture of the Dome of the Rock, they'll say, "Oh, Al Aqsa. That's not Al Aqsa. Yeah. Al Aqsa is the gray dome on the Temple Mount. The gold dome is uh, is, is the Dome of the Rock." Um, and. It's 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 a shrine. It was not a mosque in 1967. They didn't pray there. They actually put Al Aqsa where they did, so they could put their backs towards it disrespectfully. Oh my! So, so you have to look. Any any journalist who says Al Aqsa Mosque on the temple on the Temple Mount, the third holiest site in Islam, they are straight up lying to you, and they probably don't even know they're lying. Yes. They just don't know any better. Yes. Another thing you you had mentioned that Christians. Um, some Christians have problems with the, the Jews wanting the Third Temple. I have a question for you, and I'm serious. This is a question I don't know the answer to.
1: oh maybe I don't wondered, either, but go ahead, Adam.
2: Okay. I've always wondered. I know that the Christians talk about um, the Temple of the Antichrist and whatnot, um, and I also know that historically that was always the Vatican, and the Vatican was—and we're going to be talking about replacement theology— the Vatican was built— to replace Solomon's, to replace the Second Temple. Yes, um, I, I have this theory that 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 the Vatican and the Third Temple cannot coexist because one came to replace the other. And once you have the real thing, the fake has to go away. Um, I've always wondered why, um, and, and so the Vatican for the longest time was the Temple of the Antichrist um, to Christians. And then um, it kind of shifted. I was told around 1850, and now there are Christians who will say, oh, the, the 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 Jewish third temple is the temple of the Antichrist. If I was a Christian and I was looking at the situation today and you want to think about a, a fake prayer, a fake God, a fake religion that comes to uh, replace um, Jesus, um, I would look at. The Aqsa Mosque, I would look at the, the Muslims on the Temple Mount. That looks like the Temple of the Antichrist to me. And if you go up there, all of the Arab writing, Arabic writing, yeah. on the Dome of the Rock um, is anti-Christian. Yes. It's, so, I mean, it's a, they're, they're sitting there cursing Christianity. So if you ask me where the Temple of the Antichrist is, that looks like it to me. Well, I'm just wondering why Christians wouldn't think that.
1: The, the Christians don't know what to think about things like that. The the knowledge level or the understanding or the wisdom that they have regarding uh, the Temple Mount and you know the third temple and Antichrist and things like that. Most of them have no opinion of their own. Most of them are acquiring opinions by different scholars, and you know, you know, a scholar is basically a scholar if, if it, they they are embracing what they have learned from other people. And if those other people are awry or misunderstood in their in their understanding of things, are, are wrong in their understanding of things, that multiplies down to uh, different people as well. So one of the biggest dangers in the Christian realm is that you start believing. People that it sounds like they know what they're talking about, but they really don't. Uh, you know, from from my point of view, I have to discover this through Holy Spirit anointing and looking for the signs and patterns and things like that. The temple has to, you know, the the third temple uh, is really tied to the dwelling place. Of of Messiah, Son of David, and let's say let's say that there's a, a negative thing going on there. Let's say with an Antichrist, it doesn't violate the, the value. It's not. It's not my temple or your temple, it is God's temple, and the enemy is going to do everything he can to destroy God's temple, and whether it yeah. whether, whether it's in uh, Rome, or whether it's in uh, or, around, you know, the Alaska Mosque, or the quasi-Alaska Mosque, whatever, it, it, it's a matter of a person's perspective and misunderstanding, and we're in a big time where the enemy wants to cause misunderstanding on every turn, and when you realize that it is God's temple that we're talking about, and not man temple, it changes the rules quite a bit. I don't know if that answers the question. I'm not sure exactly. Right, how- right. And
2: it's, it's that, that's, you, that's specifically the, the battle that's going on um, today is a battle of belief. You yes. see it on the Internet that lies are being pawned up, blatant lies, lies that you can look at and say, that doesn't make sense. A man is a woman and all the other stuff. Um, <laughs> the, the battle, say that
1: slowly the battle again. Really
2: <laughs> is, <laughs> the battle really is for truth and not even you know not even like you know truth that you have to think about the, the battle is is can they i mean that's that's what idolatry is idolatry is Ooh. saying you know look at this this little you know stone idol that i just made 20 minutes ago it created the world you know and, and people will say oh yeah i believe that why do they believe it? Well, because it works for them. They can it lets them do whatever they want.
1: That's right. They don't and have to. What, they don't have to change their way, their lifestyle. In fact, uh, they, they are free to do all the stuff that maybe their conscience was was telling them not to do. They can justify it and they can move forward into it. Idolatry. I'll tell you what, my listening friend. I think Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz uh, hit it. Yeah,
2: and that's that's really the separation. The people who say I'm the boss, there is no God. I'm going to, and even the you know even the Nazis, they wanted to bring the the the, the Messiah themselves. They're, they were going to create the perfect man. But we all know that man is perfected through God. Yes, you know, and, and that's and, the, and and that's going to be the, that's what the difference is, is is right now. People who say, oh no, I'm in charge of you know everything i can determine you know whether i'm a man or a woman i can determine whether you know this you know whether this is a disease whether this is not a disease um they, they want to be in charge and that means that they have to try to get God out of the picture. Yes. And that's idolatry. A- and and that's taking what God at, out of what we're looking at now.
1: Yes, and taking God out of the picture by I- inference actually puts you right in the middle of the picture, and that's not where we need to be. Mm-hmm. We need to be under the tutelage and direction of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I think Christian and Jew agree with that, and as we come to terms about what we think we know or thought we knew versus what God wants us to know, particularly in these final days, our eyes are going to mm-hmm. open, and we're going to have to go away from the idolatry things and towards the trueness of the god of abraham isaac and jacob that's my take on the thing i know you agree in in most part on that adam we we've only got we've only got we've only got a few minutes left in this segment um and we're gonna um a couple minutes so how would you like to uh close this segment and prepare for the next we're going to be talking about replacement theology here. You know, I, I put a lot of weight on you because uh, I want this to be something that you're proud of. You know, saying people listen to this. This is really my point
0: of view.
2: I got to tell you, when when I saw you uh, that you were wanted to talk about replacement theology, I'm like, yeah, that's Kaz, that's my buddy, because it is so important. So few people understand it. It's very rarely talked about, and it is really the key to to this reconciliation between uh between um, Prime between between uh, the the Christians and the Jews the, this coming together is going to going to only happen after we deal with this replacement theology oh my my that's so hugely important
1: it is so my listening friend we're going to be de- coming back and we're going to be talking about so many other things maybe a little bit more about the temple and the temple mount but we're going to be speaking with a topic that you know many people don't even understand Uh, especially uh, many Christians don't even understand replacement theology. And many of us in the Christian realm embrace it, and we don't even know we're embracing it. So Adam Mm -hmm. Eliyahu Berkowitz and I are going to be talking more about that, and it's going to bring some revelation to your eyes, and it may even tweak you just a little bit to say, rethink your faith. A little bit, because uh, God wants us to go for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. So help us God. We have to invoke God's intervention. And if we don't, then replacement uh, theology can take its place. We'll talk more about that and other things when Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz of Israel 365 News from Israel. Israel and Kaz from San Diego. <laughs> I love the sound of that. We'll come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. I'm back with
1: My friend, I'm in San Diego, and my friend Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, who is a Jewish brother with rabbinical background, he is in Israel right now in a place called Golan or Golan Heights, and that area is the northern part of Israel, and he is speaking with me from there, and I am in San Diego, California. I just got back from visiting with him the end of June 2022, and a lot of this stuff is stuff that we've talked about in our past times together. So, Adam, let's bring up a a, a topic here, and I'm going to let you set the stage, and I'll intervene and give uh, the Christian (laughs) misinterpretation and interpretation of that as well. Replacement theology, what in the world is that, and uh, how does that relate to you as a Jew, and how does that relate to me as a Christian? Adam?
2: Well, I'll tell you, the first time I came across this was six years ago, six and a half years ago. Um, Tommy Waller traveled from... Har um outside of Shechem, outside of Nablus, to Jerusalem, just to have coffee with me to explain it to me. He thought it was so important for my job that I understand what replacement theology is. And what he said was that according to some beliefs in Christianity, um, God made the covenant with Israel, um, and at some point Israel dropped the ball, and the the job was so important, the covenant was so important, that Christianity picked it up and started running with it. And to be really honest, when he explained it to me that way, I'm like, so it sounds like a good thing. It sounds perfectly reasonable. It sounds perfectly good. And it does, but it doesn't. Um, (laughs) I also want to say that one time we had this conference and we had a room full of Christians, a whole big auditorium full of Christians. And Donna Jolay, who works with us, she stood up and she said, "Okay, who here rejects replacement theology? And like everyone in the room raised their hand. And then she came over to me, she said, there are only 10 people in this room who know what they're talking about, okay, um, because replacement theology is so insidious, yes. it's so built into the kishkas of Christianity, and to be really honest, it's, it's more destructive to Christians than it is to Jews. Um, it, 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 for example, um, replacement theology, in order to make it work, the church has had to change the Bible, and changed the reading of the Bible. And everything has become a parable. And that's not true. In Judaism, we have different levels of learning, and one of the levels is a parable to learn out what you can from it. But the very first level is the simple reading. And anyone who's been to Israel knows Jerusalem is not a parable. It's not an allegory. Jerusalem is a real place. Every single location mentioned in the Bible, you can go stand at right now. Yes. You can go there and stand there. The people that are written about, they were real flesh and blood people. Um, And and even the things like, for example, the the tzitzit, the fringes, the the tefillin, the phylacteries, everything everything that was written in the Bible— was real and whether or not you think that we still have to do the commandments when the bible tells you to like sacrifice a a, 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 a lamb it's not telling you um, a, an allegory it's telling you that at least at, at, at that point in jewish history we were sacrificing lambs yes it really happened precisely as it's written and replacement theology has had to change the bible to an allegory in order to allow the church to stand in the place yes.
1: of israel yes 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 it's, it's to, and one of, go ahead
2: and 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 one of the one of the bases of that is that the covenant is conditional mm-hmm. and can be broken and can be temporary and yes. that even when i think it's in isaiah when he talks about a new covenant It's not saying that the old covenant is erased. You can't erase the covenant. Okay, the covenant always was. The proof is that the covenant, even though we weren't here for 2,000 years, the covenant didn't go away. It looked like it did. It was reasonable to assume it did. But we're back through, like, seriously, a miracle. Through an unprecedented act of history. We're back yes. in the land of Israel. Yes. And the covenant the covenant is not an allegory for anything. And the covenant is the land of Israel.
1: Yes, yes. As you know, before 1948, people that had a replacement theology, uh, at least they... they seem to have some facts on their side, but as soon as Israel became reborn as a nation in 1948 and beyond, the replacement of what? It's there right now. What was, is, and what is, shall be. And a lot of people don't even realize that replacement theology takes Israel and the Jews out of the picture because, oh, that was for then, it's not for now. That... When Israel became was rebirthed in 1948, that uh, violated the whole replacement theology mentality. But I, I have to go along with you and, and carry this a little bit further here. That, you know, many Christians say all the bad stuff... That happened. uh, That was all—all for the Jews, and the good stuff is for we Christian Gentiles, and 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 that's how we reconcile where we are, and that we don't have to deal with some of the things that are really important for us to deal with. Dealing with the Torah, as, uh, as, as. A non-Jew coming into the fold, uh, we have to deal with those, but not in the same way as the Jew does. But that does not negate that that the Jew is invalid. You know, you talked a little bit about uh, the <clears throat> the false temple things that are going on in uh, in Rome and the Vatican and things like that, and that is Antichrist or Antichristal. Um, one of the things that happened in the uh, Council of Nasea Nisea, which was in Turkey at the time in 325 uh, B.C., is the... Roman. Let me say emphasis on the word Roman. Roman Catholicism redefined things, and it redefined actually, you know, the seven mountains of in 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 Jerusalem and and around Zion. They Mm -hmm. have they have their own seven mountains. Okay, and you know they have temple things and worship things and things like that. But that is definitely the uh, an artificial. But one of the things that happened during this Council of Nicaea in 325 uh, A.D. is they revisited. Jewish uh, truth and uh, Jewish culture and tradition and they uh, redefined it. in other words the the the, the, uh, the Jew uh, of the years past is no longer relevant now we can we can overlay that with with, with Christian perspective and we don't have to deal with the, with the stuff from a Jewish perspective and that's a lie. That's a lie. And that what mm-hmm. God wants to do is he wants to bring the Jew and the Gentile back uh, together. And in order for that to happen, we have to have our eyes opened as to the <clears throat> invaluable nature of our of our Jewish friends. And the Jews need to realize that God has plans for... Um, gentiles in the mix as well Absolutely. and when, and when yeah, we when yeah, we understand yeah. that this whole replacement theology it it, it just goes away with the we you know with a puff of breath Whew, it's gone
2: okay now i'm going to say something ah i knew
1: I, you were going to here we go I,
2: I, I hope doesn't make you angry at me um, i hope it brings us <laughs> closer together um, and i really i'm going to say from the outset i would actually rather you didn't comment because it would put you in a difficult position um the the end game or the the, the final stage of replacement theology um, is the the Christian expectation that Jews are going to accept Jesus mm. um, that that is replacement theology yes. it's replacing the actual Jew you've taken the Jew and you've turned into him something you've turned him into something that isn't a Jew and that is replacement theology I can't tell Christians how to do it because I know it's built in and and I can't I don't I, in that I can't tell them what to do. I just want to say that if if you continue with this expectation that at some point Jews are going to accept Jesus, there will never be a reconciliation. We cannot come together and we need we need Christians because we're, we're going to be the priests, so we're going to be in the temple for you. We're in Israel for the world. Jerusalem is for the world um, That's the, the lie that was the truth When the UN said it should yes. be an international city Jerusalem is an international city But not in the way they meant it But in order for any of that to happen Jews have to be Jews Christians have, have to be, be Christians. Christians There's There's 70 nations Yes Okay. And there's not one nation. As soon as a person says, "Oh, everyone has to be like me," that's replacement theology. It is. If you've seen, if you could see that, Islam is replacement theology on steroids. If you learn uh, Islamic theology, they believe in Jesus. If you see what they did to Jesus, they turned Jesus into a into a into a into a mass murderer. It's kind of horrific what they did with Jesus. They've, uh, they've they 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 say that every um, person in the Bible and in the, in the and in the New Testament, every one of them was a Muslim. Oh my, a prophet for Muhammad. Um, that's replacement theology.
1: Yes, I'm going to have to shorten um, shorten this because we only have under a minute left in this segment. But you set the stage beautifully, and Adam, I think you and I have had conversations about this before. And my listening friend, you might be surprised on my point of view as well. Uh, Adam's posture is uh, if for the Jews to be legitimate, they have to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And uh, he wants my t- take on that. And my take on that, I think, uh, is, is is biblical. And uh, Adam and I are going to talk about that in the next segment. My listening friend, I knew it was going to get hot and sticky in the room. <laughs> but Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz is a friend of mine and we're both seeking the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. And we will pursue that as it relates to Replacement Theology when Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz of Israel 365 News and Kaz come right
0: back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, we're back, my friends, and Adam has just given me an incendiary
1: comment and a point of view, and I want to deal with that as well. His comment was regarding replacement theology. Thank you for setting the stage for this, Adam, my friend, and it's not going to impinge our friendship in any way not at all not at all not a chance (laughs) not a chance and my my listening friend why why don't you give us the the 30 second overview that you just identified there about uh uh that from a christian perspective the jews are going to have to receive jesus as their lord and savior give me give me that in a nutshell
2: i i think it's the biggest obstacle to the final redemption that's 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 bringing all of us together under under one God. Under uh, we all can say this is our God, and I also I believe in Jesus, or I be, and I'm like, well, I don't, and it should be okay for us to come together in the in the temple as uh, praising God. And it's it's I think it's the, the biggest obstacle and the final obstacle for Jews and Christians to come together is the Christian expectation that Jews accept Jesus.
1: Now Adam I'm going to respond to that and uh, I, my listening friend here's the deal I have spent a lot of time knowing that God wants to bring together Jew and Gentile. I've spent a lot of time considering what the what the scripture says and what we think the scripture says particularly as it relates to replacement theology and uh, Proselytizing may be the right word, uh, Adam. That the Christians believe that they have to proselytize the Jews and make them Christians before they fit into God's plans. I totally disagree with that. And let me tell you, my listening friend, you may not have seen or heard this perspective, and Adam, I'm asking you, you for color commentary as we go.
2: That well, first of all, we've we've never discussed this before, so um, you just you just you just dropped the firecracker in, in my shorts.
1: That's, well, you know what? I think we have way back. Back in the day, I don't know whether we were on the air at the time or you were interviewing me. We have discussed it in passing, and I'm going to t- take it uh, again. Mm. My listening friend, I want you to pay close attention to this. You know, we we, we believe um, um, in the gospel, the gospel. And there, there are two facets of the gospel that you may not be aware of. In Romans chapter 1, it talks about... Um, the gospel of salvation. Romans chapter 1 talks about the gospel of salvation. But in Matthew 24, it says, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the earth, and then the end shall come. So there are two facets of the gospel, and many people that uh, are saying Jews cannot be a part of God's plans unless they are proselytized and become Christians, they're embracing this first portion of the gospel the gospel of salvation but the but the gospel of salvation and the gospel in matthew 24 are different the gospel of salvation as in romans 1 talks about um um, you know being saved jew first and also to the greek but if you balance that with a the other component of of the gospel is called the gospel of the kingdom in matthew 24 that says the gospel of the kingdom must be preached And uh, to all nations, and then the end shall come. So the end coming has everything to do with the gospel of, uh, of, of, um, uh, of the kingdom and it's not even mentioning the gospel of sa- salvation. <clears throat> Listen to me carefully my friends and Adam I want your input as I go here. The, the 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 church is going through transition. You know like you have the children of Israel in the wilderness and the promised land. There's a there's a, uh, a progression of events that changes perspective. <clears throat> a Christian's perspective in that a, that a, a Jew must be b- Believe Jesus Christ and, and proselytize. That's the a uh, wilderness point of view. the The truth of the matter is the the transition from the the um, the church age into the kingdom age is the difference between the gospel of uh, Romans uh, Romans one that the Jew must come to know Jesus, but the the. Expanded part of that is really that the kingdom of God uh, must. Uh uh, and the kingdom of God uh, and the gospel of the kingdom is different from the gospel of salvation. The transition point is in the, in the Bible and uh, theologians say that there was a time frame called the great parenthesis where the church was around and the church had to do what the church was doing. That time frame is giving way to what we would call, what I would call, the uh, Jacob, time of Jacob's trouble and Daniel talks about that. There's a transition where the the, the Proslitation, proslitation of the proselytation of the Jew must give way to the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is a focusing on the coming of the king and how that impacts the believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that does not include the proselytizing of the Jew to make them become Christian. It, what it means is that you, that the Jew becomes the fullness of what a Jew is called to be and a a Christian is called to be the fullness of what the Christian is called to be, and they, we, can, and should cohabitate. And anything that's tied to taking away the Jew from being Jewish— is a violation of that. It's not dealing with the kingdom age, it's dealing with the church age. And my friends, if you've looked in the news lately, the church age has passed. We're coming into the kingdom age, and that has to be the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom means the coming of Messiah. Both Adam Eliyahu, Berkowitz, and Kaz are looking for the coming of Messiah, the Messiah, son of David. So that's how I take this, and I think it's perfectly natural and supernatural for the Jew and Gentile to be whom they've each been called to be and come together into this unity uh, in Ezekiel, I think 37 or so, it talks about sticks being joined together. And one, one application of that is the stick of Judaism and the stick of Christianity needs to come together. We embrace in our very uh, constitution, Judeo Christian point of view, and that's Judeo Christian. That's Jew and Gentile. So Adam, any thoughts on that? We, we've uh, got about
2: four yeah, minutes left. This segment. Uh, first of all, First of all, vote more power to you. That was pretty intense. <laughs> it, uh, you, 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 you struck something. Uh, like I said, I can't tell Christians what to do, but your point that um, Christianity is in a, in a in a in a process of change right now. Um, it might even be like a, like a second uh, a second uh, Protestant Reformation, um, and it, it's. Uh, it's reasonable to believe that. We, on one hand, you know, we have this desire to keep religion eternal and to keep it the same. But the other thing is it's a living thing. Uh, we, we even say that the Torah is a living tree. Uh, and, and it requires um, change and development. And as the times change... And you, I, I've, I've been getting the feeling from the Christians I connect with that they are changing. And yes. that's because we're in a new spiritual reality, especially, yes. you know, the prophecies are happening. Yes. You know, the Jews are back. The desert is blooming. The, the exiles are returning. Um, and I also want to say that on our side, the, the, for, for 2,000 years of exiles, the way that the Jews um, stayed alive was by building walls and never sure. changing a thing. And we are terrified of change because that was our survival mechanism, but Judaism has to change because we are back in the land, and the Judaism that we have, even the basic things like the, like the clothes like the food everything it 's all exile, yes, and we have to and we have to Judaism has to has to return from the exile. Yes, so
1: let's just say it has to mature. And I, let me tell to my Christian friends my point of view is that Christianity has to mature as well. We've got about. Uh, two minutes left in this segment so we're going to be transitioning Mm -hmm. from this but I'll tell you what my listening friend if you can comprehend that the gospel is a two-sided coin there's the gospel um, uh, of salvation from Romans chapter 1 but there's also the gospel of the kingdom and there's a transition that must happen my friends we are in a transitional time right now and the church needs to be the church but the Jew needs to be the Jew and both of us have to make alterations as we go from the wilderness mentality into a promised land mentality so my listening friend Adam Eliyahu and, and I are going to come back in a, in, a, in a moment or two to talk about this. Any just 30-second thoughts on this? Because I want to spend some time uh, talking about you and your book and how many of the things we're talking about dovetails into that, Adam. Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz? Well,
2: well uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, coming, coming, coming back from the exile... Um, you lose your heart of stone and it's replaced with a heart of flesh. Because when you're in the exile, when you're living through a time that it's not uh, suited for the, for the, Final redemption, you're going to have a heart of stone because otherwise you can't make it. Mm-hmm. But when you come back from the exile, when the when the when the final redemption is really happening, you can't walk around with your heart of stone. That's right. You have to change it for a heart of flesh. You have to change.
1: Yes, yes. And so my listening friend, let me apply that from a Christian standpoint as well. The time for thinking that we are the. Uh, all in all of every everything you know we we believe that the Christ is the all in all there's no question about that, but the all in all must include the all and the all and all of the Jewish. Believers and all of the Christian believers and anybody else, you know, in the, peri- in the perimeter that wants to come on in, the, all these people need to be included in God's plans, and that's where we are right now in the church. I mean, a lot of people would like to go back to a few years ago when, you know, we, we, we thought we understood Scripture, and all of a sudden we go, we don't really understand Scripture like we ought to understand it. And I, I'm telling you that I believe my Jewish friends, uh, including Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz of Israel... Three sixty-five news and I are revisiting these things, and we know certain things have to, you know, uh, certain certain things have to drop off to allow God's fullness to come to pass. And we are no longer a baby; we are now mature and maturing. And Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz and I are going to talk a little bit more about that in upcoming segments. But also, we're going to talk about his brand new book, which is called "The Master of Return," and the Eleventh Hour. It's a semi-fictional book about Adam's life. You're going to love how this dovetails with everything we've talked about so far when Adam and I (laughs) come
0: right back. This is Come Together San Diego. The new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego. is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210. K praise. Welcome back, my friends. <laughs> uh, it's a piece of uh, Christianity that you may not
1: have considered, but it is time for us no longer to be babies, but it's time for us to be mature and, uh, and and to go and grow with God. God puts you to, to a point where you're able to take the next depth of truth and uh, Gentile and Jew have to pursue this and what God's plan is to bring us together in ways that we hadn't even considered before. Adam, let's spend a minute or two closing our comments about uh, replacement theology and uh, the transition from the from a Christian, from the church age into the kingdom age and how we must be more mature, seeking the coming of Messiah, son of David, just as you are, Adam. So why don't you just take about a minute to close our thoughts on that. And then I want to jump into your book. We're going to spend the rest of this two segments about your book called The Master of Return and the 11th Light. Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, Israel 365 News. Lay it on us. What's your conclusion?
2: Okay, I want to I point out that what you and I are doing right now is absolutely unprecedented in, in history, mm. especially the history <laughs> of relations between Jews and Christians. Because up until now, when this subject has been raised, it's always been raised as kind of like a competition, oh. you know, trying to prove my religion is right. No, my religion No, is no, right. No, no, no. And, and that's precisely not what we're doing here. What I'm saying is I need you, you need me, and the only way we're going to make this work is if we respect each other as we are. Yes, and and move forward together. And that is absolutely unprecedented. That has never happened before. Where there's all throughout history, you have um, the debates between uh, not, uh, between the Rambam, Maimonides, and yeah, you know, we have these debates all throughout history. But the time for these debates is over because we're not trying to get rid of the other person. We're not trying to invalidate them. We need, I need a full partner. I need as as a Cohen for the nations, as a priest for the nations, I need to respect and value the person who is coming to the house of God. Yes.
1: I'm with you. And one of of the things, you know, I I, I saw some things uh, about, you know, I take the word replacement theology, and I go, how does that relate from a Christian perspective, and how does that relate from a Jewish perspective? We Christians have had replacement theology to exclude Jews from the overall plan of God. And there are some Mm -hmm. Jews that have had a replacement theology trying to replace Christians from the plan of God. So there's a replacement theology working on both ends, and I think God wants us to mature.
2: That's a good point. I, you're, you're absolutely right. I have heard that from Jews who actually object to to what I'm trying to do. And what I'm trying to do is basically base it on what I saw Solomon, um, uh, oh. when he dedicated the temple, said, you know, when the foreigner comes, you know, be a light unto the nations, be a, everything. Yes. You know, once you see it, you cannot see it. That's right, and, and
1: Boaz and, and Ruth. I mean, come on. It's throughout the scripture. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. And and and... That's why um, the, the time has come to change that framework and to have an inclusive—it's not even a partnership. It's more like a symbiotic relationship, which is, I think, what God wanted us to Each one separate, each one different, expressing his pathway to God.
1: Yes, and let me just say this, and tell me if you agree with this. If we're really embracing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if we are sincerely doing that, that means uh, we're— uh, seeking the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help us God that means that God can intervene and adjust theology he can adjust theology to his theology rather than our misapplied theology and that works on the Jewish side and that works on the Christian side uh, Gentile side as well would you agree with that?
2: You just, you just gave me a big smile. I, <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful.
1: Well, I want to change gears because well, I, I, my heart cry is to give you an opportunity to, to talk about something that you just finished and that I think is brand new, published and available. Mm. Um, and some of this mm. may actually find its way into you as you define the book and how it came to pass. Some pieces of this, you may be able to bring them together as well. But you have a new book that's just published. It's called The Master of Return and the Eleventh Light. And you call it a semi-fictional book about uh, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz's life and journey towards the Creator's full purpose. Tell us about that. I'm excited to hear about that.
2: So uh, for for 14 and a half years, I lived in um, a town called Ba'ain, which is in Gush Etzion. It's about halfway between Hebron and Jerusalem. And it's thought of as an extremist whatever, um, like right-wing extremist. Um, it's not. It's basically a very nice, beautiful community of dysfunctional people who are—they don't have a—they don't have a, a waking thought that is not about how to serve God better. And that's the lie. Most people think that Jews moved to, to Judea and Samaria in order to have a supply of fresh Palestinian children for breakfast. Um, but nothing oh, really? could be further from the truth. It, the Jews, of course, moving moving to Israel has nothing to do with the Arabs. It's like the the, the, the every single Jew who has moved to Israel did so because it is, it is the covenant. It's what God told us to do, and we just want to do what God tells us to do. Every single Jew from from throughout all of human history who's moved to Israel, that's the reason why. And the biggest lie in the news is when they say, "Oh no, the Jews want to steal this." Jew, Judaism is not imperialistic. We're not allowed to live outside of Israel. It, the truth is, we're here because this is what we we want to serve God better. Yes. Okay. So it 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 it. it pained me when i saw that this 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 was not being told in, in the arts, in the media, nothing. As a matter of fact, I have a very dear friend, Kay Wilson. She wrote a book called The Rage Less Traveled. She survived a horrific terrorist attack. She wrote an amazing book that's beautifully written, and she got a very high-powered agent. The agent said, oh, we'll get six digits for this. A whole year of trying, they couldn't get it published. The publisher said, we are not interested in any book that tells about Palestinians attacking Jews, but any book that tells about Palestinians suffering under the yes occupation, yes. we will publish.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, okay. that is so true, my listening friend. I hope that you're being able to reconcile that in your own life, and however it is. We've got about uh, three and a half minutes left in this segment, so keep that in mind as you're telling the story, and I will keep reminding you of the time. We've got an entire math okay. segment to take this. By the way, if somebody wants to find out more about your book, how do they do that, and where do they go?
2: Okay, you can, you can either look for Master of Return in the Eleventh Light on Amazon or you can go to rootsource.com. That's r o o t dash s o u r s s o u r c e. dot com, and uh, it's it's on their in their shop. They're they're marketing my book. They they've actually published it. That's Guido oh, Ariel. I love so it. So root source root has uh, put the book out. because no one else was was brave enough to. Were really <laughs> no, you see are a, a
1: brave e. man. Let's That's what old. drew me to you to begin with. So, so so go ahead. We've got about three minutes left so, in this segment.
2: So the book, um, I lived there for 14 and a half years. And so you figure I would wake up before dawn, I would jump into an ice-cold um, uh, spring, uh, jump, run out to the woods, scream at God for an hour, <laughs> and I'd go pray, and I was serious. And I had long, bushy payas, um, you know, the the side curls on my head, and a long, long bushy beard, and I wore smelly clothes and from running around in the woods, and <laughs> the natural spring kind of smelled funny. And I would have all these amazing um, worship partners and study partners and and, and, and mentors and, and just amazing people. And then I would have to watch if some of them were murdered. Um, and Literally, uh, this and happened.
1: That, of course, you know, this is a semi-fictional account, but the murders of some of your peers really happened.
2: Oh, they all happened. Every time I write about that in the book, it really happened. Actually, I also wrote about the murder of Ari Fold, who was yes. murdered... Um, and that really happened every I, I didn't lie about anything. And even a lot of the times I didn't even change the names.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? We've got about two minutes left in this segment. Bring this to a completion so that we can continue the conversation on the other side of the commercial break, Adam.
2: So this is an inside look as to all those strange people you see on the on TV that you can't understand how they got that funny hairstyle, how they're why they're running around out in the hills. This is an inside personal look in detail about what those people are. And they're the holiest people on the planet. And they're being murdered for the simple reason that they're Jews trying to come close to God, because the world does not want Jews in the world. So if you want to know what those people are like, This is the only book out there that's really going to tell you.
1: Wow, 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 wow. And there's some more pieces of the story that deal with your wife and pregnancies and things like that we're going to talk yeah, about I in the second
2: I wanted to tell that just to give people an idea of what the story was about, but should I tell that? now?
1: No, 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 no. We only different. have about a probably right. a minute or so in this <laughs> that segment. That
2: was kind of intense. I know but, it is, but like we're going to example, use it. A guy who goes out to the woods to study, and then he doesn't come back, his wife calls us, we go out and we find him with his head in his lap.
1: Oh, no, just... no.
2: My I mean, listening friend... really, you, really happened.
1: Uh, uh, my friend, you need to be aware of these things. I think uh, God stirred adam to write this book called the master of return and the 11th light you can find it once again very quickly and then we'll take a break
2: okay you can you find can. it on amazon you can find it on rootsource.com
1: very good root, the master of return
2: source.com
1: root okay. dot source dot <laughs> root. Sh- go ahead
2: root-source.com
1: very good the master of return and the 11th light Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz you're going to find out some things that are going to open your eyes there is a there is a hatred for Jews in many societies in fact nearly all of the societies have a replacement mentality against the Jews and that's uh, to be expected that has been going on since uh, Jews uh, uh, embraced the Lord and followed him where he told them to go from the mm-hmm. in, in, ultimately into the promised land. We're going to talk more about this, and it's going to help you understand where you might be in misunderstanding about the Jewish faith. When Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz and Kaz come right back now,
0: back to Come Together, San Diego, the new live local show with Kaz Taylor, FM one hundred six point one and AM twelve ten K Praise.
1: Uh, yes, and I'm back with my uh, dear friend who is located not in San Diego, oh no, not even in the United States of America. He's located in Israel, in the northern part of Israel, called the Golan Golan Heights area, and and the beautiful Sea of Galilee and Tiberias and everything like that is going on up there. Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, hey, man, I'm going to take care of just a little qu- quick business here and hand it over to you to continue talking about this uh, semi-fictional book of your life and your journey towards the creator's full purpose in and through you that touches many people. It's called The Master of Return and The Eleventh Hour, written by Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. By the way, if you want to communicate with me, I now have a website that you can communicate with me and say, love the shows, hate the shows, here's an idea for the show. Uh, It's wide open and you can communicate with me. Write this down. Just go to Come Together San Diego at KPR com. Come Together San Diego at KPRZ.com Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz Israel 365 News Remarkable journalist, journalist Pursuing truth, the whole truth And nothing but the truth, so help us God And his new book called The Master of Return and the Eleventh Light I'm handing the baton to you In this last segment Adam
2: Okay, so um, Like I said, the book is semi-fictionalized Meaning it's really pretty much things that happen. I just took two portions of my life that were separate and smushed them together. Smushed. But just to, <laughs> give, you, yeah, just to give you an idea, <coughs> pardon me, of, of what, I, what, I, what I'm writing about, um, there's one, tr- and, and the stories are absolutely true. Um, the less true they seem, I, I write about, about a, a guy who I actually saw um, doing prophecy, and miracles. You know, so many times miracles happen right in front of your eyes and, and most people don't even have the eyes to see it. So one time I was, I was about, I was 39 years old when I got married. I was at the end of my rope. I'm like, I had given up on getting married and having kids. I'm like, I'm too old. will about happen for me. It's not in the, not in the program for me. And when I was 39, I met my wife and we got married. It was amazing. And I thought for sure we wouldn't get pregnant because everything else was so difficult. But bang, we got pregnant pretty pretty quickly. And then one day um, when my wife was seven months pregnant, she was going to Jerusalem to have an ultrasound. And she called me and I was I didn't have a cell phone at the time, but she called me um, and we were talking. uh, She was upset about something. We hung up the phone. Two minutes later, the, the phone rings again. I pick it up. And there's someone on the phone and they say are you elio and i say yes and they say your wife is okay and i said that's the wrong thing to say to me i went and grabbed a friend and we ran to um a major intersection about seven minutes drive from where where i was um it's called uh, the gusha junction and there's a bus stop there and my wife was as i said she was seven months pregnant she was going for an ultrasound um and as she was there an arab Jumped her and attacked her with a kitchen knife, a big chef oh like eight inches. The blade was eight inches long, and um, he attacked her. He stabbed her in the back, and the knife broke into three, pe- three pieces and did not penetrate her skin. Um, oh and then she 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 fell down on her hands and knees. And she said, the Shema, she recited the Shema, which is what a Jew says before he dies. And she said, this is it. I'm leaving the world. And she was on her hands and knees, and he pulled out another large kitchen knife, and he literally sat on her back and stabbed her um, probably around a dozen, 15 times. Every single time, the knife penetrated her back like one millimeter. It just, you know, the tiniest, tiniest nick in her back. Her back was covered with these nicks, but the knife never went in. Okay. And then a young man who had gotten out of the army a week before that and who was a friend of a friend of mine, um, and he was a week before his wedding, a very young man, um, grabbed him, threw him down, and stopped him from attacking my wife. And I showed up before the ambulance, and I'm a medic in the army, and I know that. Stab wounds can look like nothing and they can finish the person or they can be really horrible uh, looking and just need a lot of sewing. Yes. You know, it's tailor work. Um, So I'm sitting there looking at my wife, wife's back, not knowing what was going to happen. And I saw the knife on the ground um, broken into three pieces. And I saw the guy kneeling with all the cops around him. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, he attacked my wife. Someone has got to hurt him, and that's got to be me. And I just started walking to him, and they stopped me. And then I went to my wife. And um, uh, and so we went to the hospital by ambulance, um, and we got there, and the first – and we got there, and everything went crazy.
1: My so, five was minutes, fabulous. by the way. We've got five minutes.
2: Sure. So <laughs> – <laughs> so everything they, everything went crazy they took but they looked and they realized she's going to be okay, and everyone walked away um they did an ultrasound, and the baby was okay um which but to be honest, uh my daughter's been dealing with this since she was born um yes. she's she's uh, she was obviously traumatized um from a brush with evil yes and she's now she's now um i think ninth 19 years old yeah she's 19 years old she's fitting uh, finishing up national service we named her hodaya bracha which means um thank you god it's a blessing okay and that's one of the true stories that i tell about in the book and there are a lot of stories like that unfortunately stories that didn't end nicely oh my um
1: But, you know, one of the things is you step back and you look at the Israel and what happened to them to bring them where we are, they are, and we are today. These things, the enemy means them for evil, but God will apply them for godly, goodly purposes. And uh, this certainly is that. And this book that uh, is kind of a semi-fictional biography of Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, life, certain segments of his life, certainly has these kind of urgent disconcerting things going in them but uh, it's paid off because God uh, stirred Adam to write it and to voice uh, the truths from within it and let's say we have about three minutes left in this closing segment how would you like to close it now my friend you have to understand that it, while, while Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz is a Jew in Israel, he was in the United States of America for one time, and he has a background as a chef and so many other things. He he He's a remarkable guy, and uh, you'll love his antics. I even laugh at his antics. His wife probably doesn't, but I do. <laughs> anyway, how let's say we have about two and a half or three minutes left in this segment. Adam, how do you want to close it?
2: Um, I don't know. Well, I just,
1: so you are uh, from, you, America has been part of your picture as well.
2: Okay. I, I grew up very much in the suburbs in America. Um, everything was going normal. I was not so great in school. So I, I uh, in the 80s, to, in 80 to 90, I worked in Manhattan as a chef in classical French restaurants. Um, and in my spare time, I rode motorcycles and hung out at biker bars and listened to the Grateful Dead. <laughs> and at one point, I, I burned out, so I went to Ungrateful Dead tour for like a month, uh, went to a lot of shows. And when I came back, I said, i got to do something. I'm, li- I'm living someone else's dream. And a month later, I was on a plane to Israel. Oh, my. And when I came to Israel, that's where, really when I started living.
1: Oh, I. So I let's, when, cap, uh, let's, let's capsulate that. When you went to Israel, that's when you started living. You realized your identity, and that's where absolutely. you— found yourself. Now, would you speak to I, the, Would you speak to the Jews I, I, in the United States of America right now, from your perspective, why is it important not to lose contact with Israel, but maybe even more than not losing contact, maybe even returning? I'm going to give you an opportunity. We've got about a minute and a half to go here. I want this to be an encouragement to other people. We'll end with your book and how to get uh, more uh, uh, copies of your book. So lay, lay it on us well, from your perspective.
2: Adam, You you, you, hit, you hit me in my sore spot. I, I love, I feel so close to evangelicals who love Israel. I really feel like they're my brethren. Yes. But, but the, there are a lot of Jews who don't even think about Israel anymore. They don't mm-hmm. even, and that was not the case when I was growing up. I don't know how to talk to these people. Mm-hmm. But what I do know, and as I've heard this from so many Jew, so many people who have made Aliyah in the last couple of years, is the gates are closing. The gates are closing. We're in the final countdown. Um, Rav Nachman Kahana, a very holy man, he said, "You know how, like, when they close a the shop, the guy reaches up and he grabs the grate and he starts pulling Pull it them down. down. Yeah, and maybe you can, maybe you can
1: dive underneath. underneath the gate. Oh my!
2: And that's he said, "that's where we are today."
1: Oh my, my listening friend, I hope you're paying attention to this. Uh, Adam is the one of the great writers of Israel uh, 365 News. How can people find out about uh, accessing your articles, Israel 365 News, Adam?
2: Israel365News.com. There you go. <laughs> I write. I write every single day. <laughs>
1: That's right. He writes multiple articles every day. As his uh, cohort, there, uh, Josh Wander, uh, Adam is in Golan, and Josh is in uh, the Mount of Olives area. My listening friend, uh, one quick word. You, you got about a, a minute left, and then we have to go. Or let, let's say you have about twenty seconds, and then we have to go.
2: Okay. Two words it's happening it's happening it's happening. It's happening.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, my listening friend, Adam Eliahu Berkowitz and I, we, we, it's been a joy, Adam, visiting with you, as usual. we got more of these yeah, to come. Usual. I know you're, you're going to be willing to do more of these, I'm sure. And my listening friend, <laughs> Absolutely. Adam and I, hey. he's a Jew. I'm a Gentile. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus. He is a believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We'll find out how God also, uh, knits people, us together.
2: People should connect with me on Facebook, Adam Eliahu Berkowitz. I love I love connecting with people on Facebook.
1: Very good, my listening friend. It's time for us to go. Until next time, this is Kaz and Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz saying God love you. God, God loves you and come together, San Diego. Come together, Israel. <laughs> See you next week.
0: Bye bye.